be live? We may not be live. I'm trying to figure it out. Anyway, we're recording the show, so no matter what, this will be up as a replay after we're done with our show. Hopefully, we are live. If you want, let me know in the chat if you can see me and hear me. That way I'll know I'm live. Hey, tonight, EV and power outages. Ha ha. Oh, man. Black support for President Trump is growing by the leaps and bounds every single day. And illegals flying with no TSA check. Sometimes without even the proper name. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. It's Friday. Yeah, we're very happy about that. We made it to Friday. Hope your morning's going well across the U.S. of A. <clears throat> we got all that and a ton more coming up tonight. We're going to chit-chat about that. And, of course, we will also have our book, Treasure Island, is the book we're reading. And, uh, yeah, got to check that out. What a great book. And we'll continue on with that tonight. It's getting interestinger and interestinger. All right. Blackout Coffee sponsors this show. Thank you, Blackout Coffee. We are so proud to have you a part of the program. Blackout Coffee, if you're tired of that same old crap brown water brew that you've been drinking, give it up. Switch to Blackout Coffee. The difference is night and day between the taste, full-bodied, robust, strong flavor, never bitter, Blackout Coffee is the way to go. Be awake, not woke. Here's another good reason to get behind this company. They are 100% behind us. Our conservative values, the good old United States of America, this company believes in honesty, integrity, all the great, um, the things that make this country great is also a part of of what this company is all about. Another good reason to support an American company. They work with local co-ops, American farmers to grow the best beans. They select only the choicest. And then they roast them with this small batch roasting process, which means when you order 24 to 48 hours after you order, then only do they roast your beans. They ship them out right away. Another, what, two, three days for you to get them. And you've got fresh roasted coffee like you've never had before. Blackout coffee with a whole variety of different roasts. And you should check them out. But just buy a single bag and try it. You won't be disappointed. And likely you'll be back for more because it's just that good. If you want a deal, I got one for you. At checkout, use our promo code J20, J-A-Y-20, for 20% off your first order. 20% off your first order uh, with J20 as the promo code Blackout Coffee. The link is the top link in our show notes. Check them out. Buy a bag today. Help support the show. Thank you. And help support Blackout Coffee. Thanks, Blackout Coffee, for all that you do. We appreciate you guys being here and part of the show. All right. Oh, hey, by, by the way, <clears throat> people asked a little programming note we will be here next week, including Monday, Christmas Day. So we will have a show on Christmas Day. We will be live, and uh, we'll see you Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, just like every other day of the week. Not much going on around here for the holidays. A typical little family celebration, but not a bunch of parties and other kinds of things. So we'll be here. If you're bored, we'll keep you company. 
All right. You have an electric vehicle. Have you thought about what might happen if there were, oh, let's say a giant snowstorm and the power went out? <laughs> this story from Fox News. Oh, man. I'm telling you. Maine, you know, the state of Maine, is forced to delay a vote on an EV mandate, electrical vehicle mandate. They had to delay the vote. Why? Widespread power outages. Mm. A storm like yesterday's would render about 80% of cars useless. Unbelievable. Electric vehicle registrations. Fork in the road. Look at this. Oops. A top main state environmental agency delayed a highly anticipated vote to approve a sweeping EV mandate amidst a snowstorm, a blizzard, that caused widespread power outages across the state. They're having a vote on electric vehicles, and they don't have any power. Uh, might tell you something? The main uh, Board of Environmental Protection, BEP, announced that it had indefinitely postponed the meeting, which was supposed to happen last Thursday, until further notice, following the storm. Democrat Maine Governor Janet Mills, who's pursued a very aggressive green agenda, what a goofball, declared a state of emergency, action that closed the state government offices. Governor Mills declared a state of emergency for 14 Maine counties following a significant wind and rainstorm that left hundreds of thousands of people without power caused significant flooding, infrastructure damage, including to town and state roadways. <laughs> so if you wanted to take part in the upcoming board meeting about a electronic electric vehicle mandate, sorry, there's no power. Look at this idiot. A spokesperson for the BEP said the agency was actively working on next steps for delaying the meeting. This storm was devastating. It actually resulted in the deaths of at least two men. 400,000 residents without power. Storm forced businesses and schools to close. Workers raced to restore power, clear roads. Man. The state proposal has faced considerable opposition, bipartisan opposition, from state lawmakers led by Republicans, but also Representative Jared Golden, a House Democrat. Golden noted this week a strong storm would render electric vehicles useless, you think? Unbelievable. In two days, the Maine Board of Environmental Protection will vote on proposed rules that would establish a California-style mandate forcing Maine auto dealers, and ultimately their customers, to purchase zero-emission vehicles. State Republican leaders blasted the proposal, 
saying it was totally unrealistic and would lead to higher consumer costs. You think? And yet they're going to go ahead and do it. I promise you this legislation will pass. This mandate will pass. And there you go. Unbelievable. Maine, I know, a little do-nothing state. But it's happening. Whether you like it or not, it's happening. And there is virtually nothing you can do about it. Because these people don't care about you. And they're going to do what they're going to do no matter what. All right. I am still checking to see, and it looks as if we are not live, so you will likely be watching this as a recorded program, and that's okay. We get a lot of folks who watch this because 10 a.m. Eastern isn't a convenient time for you, so that's fine. No worries. Uh, we're still going to do the whole show, and uh, we'll get with you uh, throughout let you know hopefully we will kick in at some point here but uh for some reason I, all the settings are right everything is cool but uh, maybe rumble's having another attack i don't know anyway off we go let's see what else is going on here uh we got so much crap to talk about today oh shut the border or shut the government <laughs> I love this. I love this guy. Matt Gates. You know, Dan says it, Bongino, and he's right. Don't fall in love with politicians. Fall in love with outcomes. And that's true. It has nothing to do with the person. All politicians hate you. They don't give a crap. It's what they do. It's how they vote that matters. Matt Gates is somebody who really doesn't mince words. Shut the border down or we will shut the government down. Take a listen. There's eyes out to jump over each other to give more money to Ukraine without any condition, without any consequence. We haven't sent a single dollar to a foreign country under, under Mike Johnson yet through that supplemental. And, it, and if it's coming, he's at least said there's gotta be a plan and a pay for, and even with the Israel money, he okay. took it right out of the rump okay, of the but IRS. On, on January 19th, is he going to allow Biden to shut down this illegitimate government? Are we going to shut down the government? Well, I mean, what 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 we what we are working to convince our fellow Republicans is that the message out of our party should be shut down the border or we shut down the government. Amen. All right. There you go. That's from a town hall with Steve Bannon and Eli Crane. The speaker, of course, Matt Gates, Shut down the border or we shut down the government. That's what it's going to take. People actually fighting back. And people fighting back come in all colors. This report is from the Epic Times. Link is in our show notes. I strongly encourage you to read this. And if you are a Democrat, I warn you, you are in more trouble than you realize. The rise of black voters' support for Trump. Black Americans who have, for the most part in history, been a very dedicated Democrat voter. But apparently they are starting to 
rethink their stance, wake up as the case may be, as the economy hits them right in the pocketbook, the justice system hits not only them, but President Trump too. This is a fascinating article. And yes, you see this all over X, people posting videos in support of Trump. Fearing backlash, some black people feel they can only whisper, I'm voting for Trump. Others are becoming louder and louder and prouder in voicing their support for former President Trump. Mark Fisher, founder of a Black Lives Matter group in Rhode Island, he saw that story recently made waves when he endorsed the former president. He says, I knew I was going to pay a price for it, but I felt like the benefit of doing it far outweighed the cost of me playing it safe. Good on you, Mr. Fisher. He said he felt obligated to clear a path for those who think the way he does. Now, that's partly because Trump's foes have tried to brand him as a racist, unworthy of getting any black votes. But it's also because he's a Republican. For generations, black leaders, churches, have encouraged black people to vote for Democrats, including that rotting bag of flesh that currently occupies the White House, Biden. The tide is turning bigly. Opinion polls showing more black people are willing to break ranks. Since Trump's win in 2016, black support for him has more than tripled and is now in some surveys exceeding 20%. Folks, that is huge. The polls suggest not only black people, but other minorities who once spurned Trump now appear to be willing is giving his uh, candidacy a fresh look. That could spell the difference between victory and defeat in 2024. The Epic Times asked the Biden campaign for a comment, and they said nothing, no comment. This is a great article. Check it out. Links in our show notes. It's from the Epic Times. It's well worth a read. And if you are a Democrat, you ought to be afraid. Very afraid. Speaking of fighting back, this story warms the very cockles of my heart. Does your heart have cockles? I don't think so. Anyway... Where did that phrase come from? I have to look it up. This is a great headline. Thousands of doctors are taking legal action against the transgender mandate. Oh, yeah. 3,000 doctors are suing the Biden administration to avoid being forced to give children gender-affirming care, including hormone therapy drugs, 
and surgery. And they are saying, you are not forcing us to do this crap. 3,000 doctors, medical professionals, suing the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services over a mandate that broadens the term sex in federal civil rights statutes to include gender identity and sexual orientation. Now, this group of doctors argue the rule, among others, forces a physician who see Medicaid patients or get federal funding to provide gender-affirming care to children who want to transition to the opposite sex. That includes prescribing hormones, puberty blockers, performing surgeries such as mastectomies. The doctors are challenging the rule, saying it forces them to provide those kinds of treatments, even if in their professional medical opinion, it is medically wrong for the patient, or if it goes against their religious beliefs. And they say that makes it unconstitutional. Alliance Defending Freedom, the ADF, filed a lawsuit on behalf of the American College of Pediatricians and Adolescent Care Obstetrics and Gynecology Doctor and the Catholic Medical Associates. It asked the court to block HHS from penalizing doctors who refuse to provide gender-altering treatments to children for any reason. That case originally got dismissed by a lower court, and then the U.S. Department filed a uh, Department of Justice filed a motion claiming it would honor doctors' constitutional right to refuse such treatments. They're going after them. They're standing up. They're drawing a line, and they're saying, you're not crossing over it. If it is against our religion, if we as medical professionals believe this is not a treatment these people need, these kids need, and we're not doing it, and you're not forcing us to do it. Frightening. Men and women, women and men, mix them all together, and what do you get? <laughs> Little men and women. The Daily Signal's got a great article out. There is a volleyball scholarship at the University of Washington. It is for female athletes only. Female volleyball athletes qualified for this scholarship, a volleyball scholarship. Yep, you know what's coming. I don't even have to tell you. A male, a guy born as a man, might get that scholarship. Same. Of course it's California. Where else would it be? California transgender volleyball player 
may become the first biological male to receive a collegiate Division I athletic scholarship designed for real women. Tate Dragoset, 17 years old, verbally committed to the University of Washington, where Dragset is poised to claim one of 12 Division I volleyball scholarships that have been purposely designated for female players. Class of 2025 volleyball commitments, uh, commitments Twitter page, announced his intention to play as an outside hitter at the University of Washington. Dragset earned MVP honors at the Girls Junior National Championship, named California Interscholastic Federation Division V Player of the Year for 2022-23. And now he's going to steal a real woman's scholarship. The University of Washington refused to comment on the situation. Of course. Anyway, you want to read the gory details? It's all in there. Some guy wants to play dress up and now he's going to take a legit scholarship away from a real woman. Unbelievable. People are fighting back though, and it's working. Related story, Catholic all-girls college has reversed their trans policy after a huge backlash. That's the college. Wow, what a beautiful campus. Absolutely gorgeous. St. Mary's College in Notre Dame, Indiana, backtracking on its decision to allow men who identify as women to enroll in the formerly all-female Catholic institution. Now, the Daily Signal reported way back in November that St. Mary's would allow men who identify as women to enroll at the college in the fall of 2024. However, the Daily Signal got an email. President Katie Conboy addressed the huge outcry from their community and the alumni. Quoting the president here, this has weighed heavily on our minds and in our hearts. She said this yesterday. There have been many voices responding to us from many places and perspectives. We've listened closely and we've heard each of you. Convoy claimed the initial decision viewed as a reflection of our college's commitment to live our Catholic values as a loving and just community. 
said it's increasingly clear that the position we took is not shared by all members of our community. Taking all these factors into consideration, the board has decided we will return to our previous admin policy. Although this has been a challenging time, we believe the college should continually grapple with the complexity of living our Catholic values in a changing world. So now, thanks to people standing up, drawing a line, fighting back, real biological women only will be accepted into St. Mary's. Good on you. Good on St. Mary, who tried desperately, you can tell from that comment, trying desperately to ride that politically correct horse and stay on board. Ain't exactly working, but they're trying. <laughs> the border, the border, the border, the border. Man, I'm telling you. So much going on. We've talked about it left, right, and center. Tens of thousands, millions over time of illegal aliens, illegal immigrants crossing into the border, being bussed all around the U.S. I saw a video of some guy down on the border interviewing some of the uh, illegals that were crossing. And they had little slips of paper that told them where they were supposed to go. One guy had Chicago, one guy had New York. That's all, just as a little slip of paper with a, a city and an address. Some shelter or something. This is organized, folks. This is not willy-nilly by accident. They don't just come in and go wherever. They've been instructed where to go. Makes you think, doesn't it? This one will make you think, too. This is from the post-millennial. I saw a video on this. It's absolutely true. The woman showed flight tickets. Illegal immigrants are being flown on commercial airlines, same airlines you and I take, and are completely not subject to any security screening like you and I would be. Ashley St. Clair, James O'Keefe, formerly with Project Veritas, now O'Keefe Media Group, they had a public spaces Wednesday night during which the airline industry insiders and pilots shared their concerns and information about what is going on with illegal immigration and air travel. 11,000 people tuned in to hear the, uh, the space. I asked one pilot, can you give passengers assurance the migrants boarding these flights have had proper criminal and medical screenings? The answer, no. They're being transported via commercial flights, commercial airlines, and completely not subject to the same kind of security vetting you and I would be subject to 
if we were just flying to see our Aunt Edna and Paramus. Ghost flights, unaccompanied minors, facilitated by the Biden administration. It's been an open secret since early on in Biden's presidency. The problem of illegal immigration, of course, continues to mount. Nobody's doing anything about it. And they are continuing to bus and fly them all over the country. No security screening. Illegal immigrants carrying nothing but the bags provided by processing centers, including the free cell phones, courtesy of the Biden administration. She brought up her concerns to Delta during her travels, only to be followed by Delta ticket agents in what she said was an attempt at intimidation. The illegal immigrants come aboard with nothing but what they've been given by the border agents. St. Clair also found many have no identification. Still, they are allowed, without even an ID, to board the planes. You and I, without an ID, forget it. You are not getting on a plane. In fact, in one case, she saw a ticket where the name of the passenger said, no name required. That's what was printed on the passenger's ticket. No name required. These people are getting on our planes. The pilots know about it. The airlines know about it. And nobody is doing a damn thing about it. Shit's going to hit the fan when one of these morons goes off on a flight. And there's an issue if you know what I mean. God forbid. But you know it's just a matter of time. This is happening right now. It's been happening and it will continue to happen. No security checks, no ID in many cases. In some cases, not even the person's name. They don't know. No name required. Printed on the ticket. Should scare the hell out of you. Should make you think twice about flying. This is such a cool story. We got one more before we get to our book. And it's just the coolest thing. Absolutely fascinating post. Absolutely amazing. Have you heard of Africa Town? Likely not. But this is incredible. The last American slave ship docked illegally in Mobile, Alabama, 1860. It was carrying about 160 West African captives, and among them was Cudjo Lewis, recognized how his birth culture might be erased while toiling in this new land. That is a picture of Kudjo. When he was freed, he bought two acres, started a self-sufficient community of survivors of the last slave ship. Known to outsiders as Africa Town, Lewis's neighborhood modeled on his West African home. Extended families lived together. Members conversed in their regional languages. 
partook in traditions that might otherwise be lost here in America where they were forced to live. Africatown still exists today and descendants of the nation's last slave ship community still live there. Check that out. Wow. That is absolutely fascinating. That is a picture of Mr. Cudjo Lewis. Take a look. There you go. Wow. It still exists in Alabama. I don't know if it's actually called Africa Town still, but it's there. That's a very cool story. And how cool, too, that they have maintained the traditions, the culture from where they came. Absolutely brilliant. Wow. Okay, you ready? Book time. <laughs> we read books on this show, but doing it from the beginning. We've read all kinds of classic children's literature, The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, Jungle Book, White Fang, Little Prince, you name it. We've done tons of them. And right now, we're doing Treasure Island. Man, what a book. I wish I'd read this when I was a kid like I was supposed to. But I didn't. You know, me and homework just didn't get along very well. Anyway, <laughs> he's met a rather odd-looking character that had been marooned many years ago on the island. And they've developed a rather interesting friendship. And so we'll continue with Treasure Island. I told him the squire was the most liberal of men. Aye, but you see, returned Ben Gunn, I didn't mean giving me a gate to keep and a suit of livery clothes and such. That's not my mark, Jim. What I mean is, would it be likely to come down to the tune of, say, 1,000 pounds out of money that's as good as a man's own already? Oh, I'm sure he would, said I. As it was, all hands were to be shared. And a passage home, he added, with a look of great shrewdness. Why, I, I cried, the squire's a gentleman. And besides, if we got rid of the others, we should want you to help work the vessel home. Ah, said he, so you would. And he seemed very much relieved. Now, I'll tell you what he went on. So much I'll tell you and no more. I were in Flint's ship when he buried the treasure. He and six along six strong seamen. They was ashore nigh on a week and us standing off and on in the old walrus. One fine day up went the signal and here come Flint by himself in a little boat and his head done up in a blue scarf. The sun was getting up, and mortal white, he looked about the cut water. But there he was, you mind, and all six, all dead, dead and buried. How'd he done it? Not a man aboard us could make out. It was battle, murder, sudden death. Leastwise, him against six. Billy Bones was the mate. Long John, he was quartermaster, and they asked him where the treasure was. I says, you can go ashore if you like, and stay, he says. But as for the ship, 
We'll beat up for more, by thunder. That's what he said. Well, I was in another ship three years back. We sighted this island. Boys, said I, there's Flint's treasure. Let's land and find it. The captain was displeased at that, but my messmates were all of a mind, and we landed. Twelve days they looked for it, and every day they had the worst word from me, until one fine morning all hands went aboard. As for you, Benjamin Gunn, says they, here's a musket, they says, and a spade, and a pickaxe. You, you can stay here and find Flint's money for yourself, he says. Well, Jim, three years I've been here. Not a bite of Christian diet from that day to this. But now you look here, look at me. Do I look like a man before the mast? No, says you. Nor I weren't neither, I says. And with that, he winked and pinched me hard. Just you mentioned them words to your squire, Jim, he went on. Nor he weren't neither, that's the words. Three years he were the man of this island, light and dark, fair and rain. Sometimes he would maybe think upon a prayer, says you, and sometimes he would maybe think of his old mother. So be as she's alive, you'll say, but the most part of Gunn's time, this is what you'll say, the most part of his time was took up with another matter. Then you'll give him a nip, like I do. And he pinched me again in the most confidential manner. Then he continued, then you'll up, and you'll say this. Gunn is a good man, you'll say. He puts a precious sight more confidence a precious sight, mind that, in a gentleman born than in these gentlemen of fortune, having been one himself. Well, I said, I don't understand one word you've been saying, but that's neither here nor there, for how am I to get on board? Ah, said he, that's a hitch for sure. Well, there's my boat that I made with my two hands. And keep her under the white rock. If the worst comes to the worst, we might try that after dark. He broke out, What's that? And just then, although the sun had still an hour or two to run, all the echoes of the island awoke and bellowed to the thunder of a cannon. They've begun to fight, I cried. Follow me. And I began to run towards the anchorage, my terrors all forgotten, while close at my side the maroon man and his goat skins trotted easily and lightly. The fight has begun. <laughs> wow. All right, we'll continue with that on Monday's show and uh, probably finish up that chapter and move on. Treasure Island. Wow. 1862, first published. All right. That's going to do it for us, folks. Thanks so much. Do not know what happened with our live tonight. It says we're live. I don't see us as live. Anyway, thank you for watching this 
recorded show. If you do get a chance, please get yourself a free Rumble account. Download the app. That's also free. And follow our show. The follow button's down there. Check out our great sponsors, Blackout Coffee, Brickhouse Nutrition, NordVPN. They're all in the show notes. And get yourself a great deal. Support American companies. And thank you for helping to support this show. I really do appreciate it. All right. Well, have, a, have a great weekend. Enjoy. Get some Christmas shopping done. Get ready for Monday. And I will see you all on Monday. Thanks, folks. <laughs> <laughs>